0: Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows, the podcast that skirts the perilous drop-off of a deep dive into television and movies. We are academic nerds aspiring to become TV and movie geeks. There are no spoiler guards in the shallows, so listen at your own risk. This week, join us for a wallow in a Good Omens Season 1 rewatch.
1: Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows. This is Tori. And this is Rebecca. And we're watching Good Omens Season 1, Episode 6, the season finale, the very last day of the rest of their lives. Another fabulous episode. So good. So good. And it really could have ended. We can talk about this when it finishes. Mm-hmm. It. Could have just ended there, but I'm so glad we have another season to look forward to starting.
0: I, when this first came out, I don't think they planned on doing a season two. Makes sense. I think it was just because of its, you know, wildly successful run that they went ahead and and did a season two.
1: Yes, I hope that doesn't mean season two is bad. I mean, you know, sometimes when a show continues just because it's popular, it can really outlive its usefulness. But this is such a great cast. I hope that's not the case. I hope so too. And I've
0: not looked at anything related to season two. I haven't either. I see it come up on social media. I very quickly scroll past it because I wanted absolutely no spoilers. I'm with you it's not always easy (laughs) (laughs) to avoid yeah (laughs) yes okay well we've got our very succinct imdb summary here shall i go for it go for it all right can adam crowley and aziraphale work together to fight the powers of heaven and hell and prevent the apocalypse and what fate awaits them if they do The story reaches its conclusion, and it might just be the end of the world. Clever. Well done, IMDb. Yeah, I like their nice little short summaries. Me too. Or synopses, I guess, would be the correct term. Right. Which brings us uh, to the opening scene.
1: And we're in (laughs) Now, was this little critter, I think he's called Hell's Usher, yeah. was this little critter with the sash at all familiar to you?
0: Not at all.
1: <laughs> he's in the opening credits. Oh, is he? But he's gigantic in the opening credits. He's oh, very Oh, you know, large. I think I
0: may even have a note about that. It says, what's that big blobby thing?
1: <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Looked carefully. He's got the sash. Yep. Yep. Oh. It is this little hell's usher. Ah. So when I saw him, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's the little, that's the blobby guy."
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess I should have gone back and looked at my notes about the opening credits at some point instead
1: of just doing them once and and not looking at them again. Well, short short time we have with this little hell's usher. He really he really has a tough go of it. (laughs) it. Sure does.
0: Jeez,
1: I have to admit I
0: was curious because the actor playing Beelzebub looked so familiar to me and I couldn't remember what else I had seen her in and then so I went to of course IMDB and looked it up it's Anna Maxwell Martin is the actor playing Beelzebub and the minute I saw that she had been in Becoming Jane I was like yes I in my head always connecting it to something Austin Ah. and so I remember her from that she played Jane Austen's sister Cassandra and She was in the Bletchley Circle.
1: Yes. And I think the place I really recognized her from was Bleak House. Mm, I I didn't see see uh, that. Jillian Anderson is in there as well. That's worth seeing. But yeah, she was very familiar. And I think all of those pieces were, I had to look her up as well. But yes, it doesn't surprise me that it was a Jane Austen thing that really stuck with you. (laughs) (laughs) I do love my Austen
0: yeah <laughs> but yeah so we find out uh they've got crowley and crowley he's gonna be on trial
1: yes and you know when the trial is in hell that there is not going to be an impartial jury or an adequate defense or anything <laughs> like that yeah 100 <laughs> percent. but then we jump back in time mm-hmm. to the "Quote unquote present," and I loved that we got to we got to hear Army Human again. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that line. Mm-hmm.
0: I liked how they really timed the explosion of
1: Crowley's car to Bohemian Rhapsody. Perfection. Mm-hmm. The car is finally done for ninety years and not a scratch. And there, there she blows. <laughs> she blows. <laughs> oh poor Crowley in his car he has a real
0: moment about
1: it (laughs) and Azuraphale punts again he's he's got to do something every once in a while it's always on Crowley and it's kick butt not lick butt I thought that was pretty funny (laughs) that was hysterical I was laughing really hard
0: (laughs) yeah we all had to lick some serious butt oh my gosh i guess that statement might be okay in some
1: context but (laughs) yes yes but not in how he was trying to uh to use it
0: no 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 and then we're up to mr young talking to the neighborhood watch
1: dude 16 minutes to the end of the world
0: yeah don't
1: blame me if your son starts world war three Oh, this busybody. I'm I I'm I'm just over him. Mhm. Mhm.
0: I had to think when I was watching him I was like, I think he might have been like one of my aunts.
1: <laughs> I think every town, I think every town has one. But I must say what I do appreciate is they made him a man. I but, think yeah. this kind of busybody is often stereotypically characterized as a female, which mm-hmm. I don't think is is necessary but common. So I mm-hmm. so I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that.
0: Yeah, it was nice not to have, you know, all those stereotypical things
1: mm-hmm. in the show. Yes.
0: And of course now my mind has jumped to pepper. So but I want to oh, more
1: to say about her in a little bit. Much more. <laughs> she is the child that really sticks out to me as having run away with it hmm so really like her I'd love to see if that actor has done other stuff mm. I think she's I think she's got something
0: yeah she sure does let's I actually happen to have IMDB up because oh I was,
1: fantastic
0: I had it up for the
1: summary so her name is Ama Riss. I kind of wondered if she'd been in any of the Harry Potters, but I think she might've been too little. She was too Those young. She been, was in yeah. His Dark
0: Materials, which I have yet to see and I've wanted to. And me either. some TV series called Chewing Gum, which doesn't okay. sound good to me at all. Okay. But that's it. That was it. only three things. Oh, and she's only in one episode of His Dark Materials. Okay, but that's a good foothold. There's more ahead for this young woman. Yeah, I think if she wants it, for sure. Yeah.
1: For sure. Yeah, she did she did a great job. Well, do you have anything before we do our opening credits deep dive? Do you have anything else to say before the opening credits began? I do not. So let's dive into the opening credits. Oh my gosh. I've really been waiting for this. (laughs) I hope, and I, I hope I haven't given away all of my observations over the course of the entire series, but <laughs> I know I haven't. So shall we begin at the beginning? For sure. Which literally is in the beginning because they're walking as let there be light. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I loved that, that no one else was there at the beginning and... The light began to come up. So loved that. And Crawley already had his wraparound sunglasses on. (laughs) He did. I did. I did note that.
0: Now I was like, man, I think I need to see those. I want to see if I can pull them up on YouTube or something. Good omens. Opening credit. So there they are. They're walking. The light is coming up and
1: we see some silhouettes of Therese. Yes
0: there's the light
1: yes i which i am positing is the very first light yes and then we see i mean these graphics are just amazing
0: oh i love love them i love them and it is like cutouts as you were mentioning to me i don't think it was on the podcast itself but we were talking about it it does Mm -hmm. look like cutouts in some of it but not all of it yeah
1: yeah, it's just a really interesting... Really, I feel like the open credits credits are a work of art. I mean... Oh, yes. They really are so very clever.
0: Yes, yes. And, you know, shortly, pretty soon, you know, we see the two nuns, it looks like.
1: Yes. And there's the apple. Yes, and I still don't know who the little guy with the mohawk is, but he persists through the whole time. And yes, we have the the tree of life that the mm-hmm. little the little guy grabs the apple from with the tree having an eye, which I thought was very, was perfect. Because... Oh gosh,
0: I did not notice that last time until you said it. Oh yeah. And you know, yeah. right where I just paused it, that eye in that tree looks mm-hmm. like the head of a snake. Oh. So perfect. I'm wondering if that. Is supposed to represent Crowley in his snake form when he was crawly.
1: Right, right before he <laughs> changed his
0: name. Yeah. And I kind yeah, of the little figure I thought, you know, started out looking almost like a, a crawly mini-me and then eventually becomes like an Azrael mini-me.
1: Because he gets the white hair.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, now that's interesting. So
0: maybe it maybe the little mini guy represents that thing we were talking about, how it's not all good, it's not all evil, and it's kind of, you know, neither one of them is all good, neither one of them is all evil, and they're kind of, maybe he's the balance? I don't know. I'm just talking off the top of my head now.
1: That's interesting, but it definitely, it's something that persisted from nearly the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. So I like that it, it could be connected to Crawley and Aziraphale. And that is interesting how he does have this transition from dark, dark haired Mohawk to, I almost called it a feather wig. I mean, a, <laughs> a powder wig kind of look. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, one other thing I wanted to say about the eye in the tree uh-huh. was also this is the act that gets adam and eve in so much trouble so right. almost like the tree is being monitored and mm. reporting back <laughs> that that they've done this thing that you for forbid but yeah if god was, is omniscient and mm-hmm. omnipresent wouldn't was, need the eye in the tree but perhaps to represent it yeah
0: that could be that could be i'm gonna take a screenshot of this and email it to you, so you can see how snaky it's looking, good, so I'm gonna do that while we're chatting here. I wondered when I was first looking at this why they didn't have the representation of Adam and Eve
1: me too. in fact, I was trying to make those two dark sister figures be Adam and Eve somehow, but i I just couldn't i I just don't think that's it, but I totally agree that that was a surprising absence. (laughs) Yes. It's kind of shocking.
0: Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the heck was up with that. All right. I just sent that to you. Okay. So you can see what I'm talking about, how snaky it looks.
1: Perfect. And you sent it to my email, did you? Yes.
0: I should have just stamped a picture of it with my phone, but. <laughs> Processing.
1: Well, that's surprising that hasn't come yet. Got it? Yes. All right. Okay. What do you think? Wow. Yes. Very snaky. Very uh, snaky indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And just zooming in on that little guy. He's got kind of a strange face. Yeah. I don't know. It looks
0: quite gaunt and.
1: Yes, almost skeletal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's supposed to represent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Me either, but he joins the merry band. (laughs) And then, let's see, next thing I have is the little guy is wearing a powdered wig. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And a priest and a nun have joined the band. Well, I wonder, you know, also in this
0: scene... You know, when the little guy looked a little bit like Crowley, Crowley was leading the merry yes. band of vagrants. Yes. <laughs> but now Azaraphale is leading and the little guy looks like Azaraphale. Oh, that's a nice, that's a nice nod. So th- that's what I'm wondering. That's I think maybe those things together made me kind of think that that guy represents
1: both of them in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that he's there from almost the beginning l- gives a lot of credence to that, yeah. I feel. And journeying with them on Earth for the rest of time mm-hmm. until they hit the apocalypse bit.
0: Right. Maybe it's supposed to represent, you know, how we, they talk about having a good angel and a bad angel on your shoulder.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably reading too yeah.
0: much into it, but...
1: Well, that's what this is for.
0: <laughs> I thought the clergy guy looked a little bit like Mr. Bean. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Maybe not quite as thin, but a little bit in profile looks like Rowan Atkinson.
1: <laughs> you know when he has like a butterfly come into his hand and fly away. Uh-huh. Do you remember when Gabriel was jogging and a Xerophale was trying to keep up with him? They were talking one time and Aziraphale is totally winded and Gabriel Gabriel's wearing like a gray sweatshirt. Remember what episode that was in? <sighs> it, unfortunately, it was early on uh-huh. and I can't even remember the conversation, but I just remember him jogging. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because on his chest, uh-huh. sort of where... You often, uh, where men often have a pocket, you know, right. kind of on that position. Right. There's a butterfly. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I wondered if that was any kind of connection, but. I don't, I, cause when
0: I was looking up stuff about the angels, I did look up symbols, but I don't remember. Let me look real quick. I don't remember if butterfly was one of Gabriel's symbols. Mm-hmm no i've got horn lantern mirror shield lily scepter spear and an olive branch okay nothing about butterflies though but that's a good catch i didn't see that at all
1: yeah if i looked back in my notes i could find the episode but it Mm -hmm. was a while ago Mm. Hmm. so good catch (laughs) i've I have gone through those credits so many times. I have really i've i've, I've put all i've put all I can into it. Uh, what do you have next? Well, I have that. There's three nuns now. Yes, which I and two of them had their kind of faces hidden. The original I call them the dark sisters that mm-hmm. were at the begin the very beginning. And then the new nun that appears, she actually, you see her face. Right. That was Mother Superior, right? That, I i bet you're right. Let's
0: see. Let me back it up a little bit here. Whoops, not far enough. That, at least that's what I have written down, Mother Superior. And I think part of it, oh, has to do with uh, the wimple. It looks like she's wearing a wimple.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And which, of course, made me think that the others are Sister Mary Sister Teresa. Right. Sister Teresa, garrulous, and
1: Sister Mary, loquacious. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. And even if they aren't those particular nuns, we mm-hmm. were led to believe that this order had been around for a long, long time. Yeah. For the sole purpose of delivering the Antichrist to the correct family.
0: It seems weird that they would need to be around for a long time. If, when if everybody knows when the antichrist is supposed to be coming anyways, it's really true,
1: but <laughs> not like religion always makes sense
0: that <laughs> well, that's uh, a truer statement has not been <laughs> said,
1: <laughs> and we certainly have We have all of these cases where, like the delivery being scheduled six thousand years ago, and right. you know all of this sort of handed down from generation to generation, right that it it fits for the for the convent to have been around for a long time as well um yeah uh, then i think next up is the phone box right yes yes and we definitely saw one of those in the 60s episode which i don't remember which which one that was called but definitely when Crowley wanted the holy water and he was putting together this little church heist. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. and they were in their 60s garb and met up with Shadwell for the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the quintessential Xurafel and Crowley drinking some wine together. Yes. So you noticed these multiple like cherubim bim mm-hmm. statues, which... Mm-hmm definitely angelic you know that's that that's almost the only reason they need in order to be there but the other thing adam has some serious flowy curly hair oh and i thought that some of those cherubim's kind of had real similar hair to adam ah.
0: i was thinking that the cherubim faces look like the guy playing newton Oh, isn't that interesting? Uh, that I didn't see. Just in the, you know, because the face is kind of long and a little bit, you know, the little chubby. Cheeky yeah. Cheeky things, very innocent
1: looking. He definitely has a face like that. Yeah. But I didn't catch the Adam hair thing. I like that. Just that, that is some serious flow that kid's got. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. And behind, in the background, Uh when Aziraphale and Crowley are drinking the wine, Uh we have this field. Right. These, those fields, and you can see the people in the distance. I didn't really remember a farmland type part of the show, but I thought maybe it was rural England Mm -hmm. earlier on before it was all developed. Mm -hmm. Did you have any thoughts on that? No,
0: I mean, I, in my head, I had Tadfield being some country village.
1: Oh, that makes sense. That
0: makes sense. I, I guess I was just thinking that kind of represented that area. I don't, I mean, that's all I could think about for it.
1: Okay. I like that. And we have our same band. I mean, it really is interesting that you can see those figures from the beginning and we just have additional parade members let's call them yeah that just gets bigger and bigger mm-hmm. until the very end there mm-hmm. and so that's just really kind of cool to see him again and again exactly exactly
0: oh there's the big blobby thing the usher of hell nice
1: <laughs> <Hell's> nice <usher. laughs> yeah yeah i called him little guy with the sash from the final episode but big here it's <laughs> <laughs> quite big there Now, before we hit that, did you see Crowley's car in front of the bookshop?
0: Oh, that was the bookshop. I saw Crowley's car. Let me back up a little bit. There we go.
1: And the bookshop is on fire. And you can see AZ fell above the door.
0: Oh, yes. Ah, I didn't put that together as the bookshop. Yeah. Yeah, that one totally went by me. I mean, I saw Crowley's car, of course. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I was, I had been wondering in previous episodes, I was like, what's that building that's on fire? I Mm -hmm. didn't connect it to the bookshop until the bookshop was burning. Then Ah. I was like, oh my gosh, that's got to be the bookshop.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So,
1: so then we have Noah's Ark. When you, when we see the little guy, we see Noah's Ark in the back. And then I have my next note is duck. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think. I don't think the animals should have to march along in judgment with the rest of the humans, but there you go, yeah, and there's the space person, and yes, who was definitely the alien we saw coming out of the out of the ship that was yeah. in, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the perfect helmet, and there's yeah. a guy in a top hat,
0: yeah, I couldn't remember him in the show. I couldn't place him, did you?
1: No, no, I couldn't. And I really couldn't place why there would be a band because a little bit later we have the boat, which originally I thought, oh, maybe that was the Titanic and it was the band that played on on -hmm. the Titanic. But I feel almost sure that that boat is the pleasure cruiser that found Atlantis in the show.
0: Well, there's a band in the last episode oh let's so i'm looking at my notes right now because they're playing a queen song (laughs) oh my gosh i missed this yes when they're in the park i have park queen laying on a or yeah lazing on a sunday afternoon by a brass band oh and and they're in those uniforms
1: Perfect. Oh my gosh. I completely missed that. We'll have to talk about it when we come to that part in the show, but that's obviously it. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. Nice. I work. Have
0: nothing else about it except what I just read you.
1: <laughs> nice work. And that it, it totally is a brass band. I mean, it's uh, they're, they're all horns. Right. Right. This is where I first see death with mm-hmm. the scythe on a horse. Right. Yep. And, and it's got a little bit of green in it. <laughs> A little hint there and I mm-hmm. feel like the horse's face kind of has a skull-ish bit showing in some of the shots of the horse oh yeah
0: because that the whole front part of its or the top part of its head looks too yeah. white and
1: yeah 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 exactly yeah. exactly then there's a little on that as soon as we see the escalator there's kind of like a turtle looking thing with white hair and almost a, a snout. Hmm. Some of these faces of some of these figures are very bestial, I would say.
0: Yeah, I see what you're talking about, but I have no idea what that is. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. it from... Oh, no, that's the that's the head of the... Oh, no, no, there he is. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm trying to look at yeah. it. It almost looks like Aziraphale's head, but I'm not...
1: Maybe sure. when he was the gardener and had the weird teeth,
0: mm. I don't
1: know. Well, you think I they would have put that hat? Didn't he wear a hat a lot in there? Yeah, he really, he really did, and he oh. certainly wasn't a turtle type thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure, but definitely a lot of just a lot of beast imagery I yes. felt in some of the faces, which yeah. that tracks with the right. march, march toward the end of the world, right. Well, I wonder,
0: because a lot of this opening sequence is very reminiscent of uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus kind of stuff. Yes. And, you know, they often had weird things combined. It wasn't Terry Gilliam. It was the other Terry. Editor's note, it was Terry Gilliam. That was in Monty Python, whose name I can never remember. But he did all those illustrations, and which makes me now oh my wonder gosh. if he did these,
1: if he but, could have been connected. That I I had not made that connection, but now thinking about those caricatureish, almost looks like cut out of magazine, moving right, pieces, right? That really that really tracks. Yeah, very very much the same style. Cool. So then I then we see famine, I believe, has joined death in the procession. Really appropriate, I felt, that death was the first. Agreed. Agreed. And then we get Shadwell, right, with the end is nigh. I think that's supposed to be Shadwell with the end is nigh sign. Did you have that down? Oh my gosh, I have one guy holding sign, end is nigh. I did not connect it with Shadwell, but you've got to be right. That's cool. I mean, we do start to get a
0: lot of figures in here who don't, who I couldn't connect.
1: Yeah. No, me either. I thought maybe one of them was an Atlantean with a diving helmet on. Mm. There's a guy kind of in all yellow that looks like maybe he's wearing a hazmat suit. Mm -hmm. I was just looking at that.
0: I'm like, and he's right behind the end is nice sign Mm -hmm. at this point in the opening credits. I was like, huh? I don't remember that either. But, I mean, there's so much going on in this show, and
1: yes. there's the
0: spaceship,
1: yes, yes. And we have the horse, I believe the horsehead nebula in the background when we have that sort of cosmosy right. background right and Crowley kind of flies up toward it, and it really reminded me of when he was considering going somewhere other than Earth and he was considering a nebula and various things. so
0: that's quite that's not where alpha centauri is is it
1: ah my knowledge is is not strong enough but he was kind of you know he was kind of going through a few different things right a few few different heavenly bodies when he was trying to decide where to go all of them would have been very lonely crowley can't cat crowley can't do it alone crowley Mm. needs people he needs people (laughs) no demon is an island and never (laughs) truer than about than about crowley
0: Oh, that's funny. No demon is an island.
1: (laughs) So, yes, Adam's spaceship, totally. Mm -hmm. And it kind of burns and turns into fish falling from the sky, which I think it was Shadwell who mentioned something about fish falling from the sky when Newton was looking up witchy type of behavior in the papers.
0: Oh, I missed that. I couldn't even tell those were fish.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think so. I think so.
0: All right. And then we're back to the woods.
1: Yes. I wondered if with those tall trees, I wondered if that was Adam's forest that the them play in, but the, or the they, is it the they or the them? It's the them. The them. Yeah. But I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. I bet that woods is supposed to be whatever. They even, they named that woods at some point, not the kids. I mean, the show gave us a name and I don't remember what it is. Yeah. I don't either. But I, I think it has to be the woods where the kids play.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we have the, I'm calling it the pleasure cruiser that found Atlantis, which I can't remember its name, but I remember the name meant measles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and
1: yeah. we've got pollution joining mm-hmm. the group. Yes. And I
0: thought, I have written down, I think war is there, because I saw some bright red hair.
1: And I'm not sure exactly when she shows up i i I thought pollution showed up slightly before war, but I could be wrong about that because things start to get a little jumbled. But then we definitely have all four colors the white, the black, the green, and the red. yes, yes, I'm looking they at made that now. they made they made famines horse green, but that's okay yeah. got we and got you four really colors. can see
0: the skull on death's horse yes fun. yes so that's cool
1: and so at the bottom of the sea there did you see the kraken oh let me back up oh yeah there it is yeah
0: yep yep i i did write kraken with the exclamation or not exclamation point question mark after it uh-huh uh-huh
1: yeah i have i have bottom of the sea kraken here guillotine shows up an exodus sign so started to have more signs than just shadwells and i think there's a better shot of the guillotine later but must have been in there somewhere and the city destruction and i tried i tried to read as many of the signs as possible i did too now great let's see what
0: we have all right I mean, besides the M25 sign that-
1: Uh, Yes, M25, the one that burns. (laughs) Yes, the the signs. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. But the signs that the little people are holding up, like the end is nigh.
0: I don't think I have mine in any order, but I do have like end times. Yes. Apocalypse. Yes. Exodus. Days of judgment. Yes. Lord save us. Yes. Redemption time. That's what I wrote down. Final battle is
1: here. Farewell. You don't have that one? I had last battle is here. I don't think I could see the first word. So I bet you're right that it was final.
0: Uh,
1: Farewell brothers and sisters.
0: Yes. And then I thought I saw one that
1: said hallelujah. There was one that I just could not read. I do
0: have it with a question mark after it.
1: Was in kind of Bible-type script? I think so, yeah. Illuminated. And I was like, is that in another language? or just?" And I just couldn't get a frame where I could read it. But it was just one word, and it was kind of a long word. So I bet that's the one you're saying is hallelujah, and that's a good. I'll have to go back and look at that again. It looked like it it started with an H and ended with an H. Yeah. Well, they're, you know, not a,
0: not a ton of words that follow that criteria. Yeah. And then I have, um, see you in the next life. Yes. The end is now we are all doomed. Oh, I don't have that one. Ah, everything comes to an end. Nice. That's what I have. Do you have anything other than that?
1: Nope. I think you said Anarchy. I, I think one of i think one of them not. just said oh, okay i think one of them just said anarchy oh, but i tried i was sort of sense. looking at my list as you were talking and you said all the other ones i had okay yeah cool 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 yeah that's so a, so much
0: information in these things
1: oh it's unbelievable and loved the moped with mm-hmm. shadwell and lucy slash aziraphale and it was you like
0: Tracy, Madam tracy
1: I still call see. <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. It's in my notes, so it's all messed up. Thank goodness you're here. <laughs> I've just changed her name completely. Tracy. And I love that Aziraphale is sort of transparent, sitting on the sign. Yes. While the moped is going, kind of indicating, you know, he's possessing her, but is still an angel and whatever. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> very good. And then we're
1: oh the hell big hellhound. Yes.
0: Oh, and there's the guillotine. I see
1: it. Yes, that's that was the first time I saw the guillotine. I then caught it again earlier, but it, it's much easier to see here than earlier. Got it.
0: A lot of different banners.
1: Yes, but I think I didn't check all the time but I think the word ones stayed consistent as the ones we've already described they were just they were sometimes harder to read farther away blurrier whatever but it seemed to be the same batch
0: yeah I was wondering if the banners and the colors had any significance but I I couldn't connect (sighs) that to anything
1: I didn't jump into that
0: I think I saw Beethoven
1: in here somewhere Oh my gosh. I missed that.
0: I think it is in this scene
1: near one of the banners. Oh, I'm going to have to take I'm going to have to take another look at that. I'd like to find Beethoven.
0: Yeah, and behind that sign where I said that starts with the h and ends with the mm-hmm. h. I think that's
1: Beethoven back there. Okay, I'll look for that. Okay. I was probably trying so hard to read that sign, but I <laughs> didn't notice the person behind it. Yeah. And did you see, as they were getting close to the very end, did you see a, a Christ on a crucifix figure?
0: Oh, no. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Just kind of being taken along the way. It's really close to the front. It's It's not one of the figures that falls off the cliff. But it's right up in front there. It's very dark. It's more of a silhouette. But it's unmistakably a crucifix with a body on it. Oh,
0: there it is. I think. Mm -hmm. I missed that. How did I miss that? I think I was so absorbed with watching him fall off the cliff. And I was like, are some going up and some going down? Yes. I missed missed it.
1: Yes. And I love that i Mm -hmm. love that imagery of the final judgment Mm -hmm. shall we say this leap of faith off the cliff Mm -hmm. and the difference between the blessed and the damned is the blessed get the wings to fly up and yeah the damned fall down yeah interesting imagery there that also reminded me did you ever watch westworld I started watching it and I think I just have a couple of episodes left to watch in season 1. <laughs> so. Okay, okay. Then I it, I I don't think it's going to ruin anything to say that just reminded me of something from Westworld. So anybody who's seen and it I do believe it was season 1 might understand. <laughs> might understand it. Exactly. Got it. Got it. All right. And then we come to the end. What a chock full of amazing imagery, which, and I'm sure there's plenty of stuff we missed. Now that we've done this, I'd like to listen to another podcaster talk about what they saw in Mm -hmm. those credits, because I think it. somebody else must have done it.
0: Oh, somebody had to, right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody with uh, a lot more time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And perhaps a better screen. Yeah, a gigantic one. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) It does make me want to get a big TV, though.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Or a bigger TV. It's not like I have a small one. No, me either. But it could have been helpful in these credits to have a little bit of a bigger one. Yeah. Well, okay, So. so we return to the episode again.
0: Yes, and we are back at the airbase. Mm-hmm. Loved the Western showdown music. <laughs> Perfect. And I loved that Western style where they're doing the close-up of everyone's eyes, including
1: dog. Oh. Which I thought was fantastic. That's awesome. I have I have bikes versus bikes. and we absolutely see here that they all have their counterparts
0: yes so nice and clear yeah and i don't know why it didn't dawn on me earlier that there were the four kids and then there were the four
1: horses (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was pepper that gave it away for me because she was so red they were sort of vague on the colors for the other two boys but i was i was like oh pepper is (laughs) is war war's counterpart here yeah it took me well really probably until this episode to really get that (laughs) i i think it was you who said it was so appropriate for wensleydale to be the famine counterpart (laughs) oh yeah wensleydale cheese and everything i thought that was i i I didn't make that connection
0: (laughs) I still, the whole Brian thing. <laughs> I don't get
1: it. No. Well, and maybe it kind of connects to the fact that pollution was a replacement for pestilence, which is in place of conquest in the book of Revelation. So, mm. you know, maybe Brian makes sense to just kind of be the extra, the spare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could be. I do not know how I didn't make the connection sooner that War's sword was a Zurafels. Yes. Well, when I she did not bad, I get wondered. that. I did not get that until it was said in this episode. I can't believe I it didn't even tickle my mind mm-hmm. when she gets a sword.
0: But they never explain how she got it. Because the last time we see the sword. Adam has it. Right. As an Adam and Eve for the listener who may be joining us late. <laughs> right. Right. Attacking
1: the lion. Yes.
0: I would like to you know how war got it.
1: I would too. But certainly a long time has passed. So yes. you could see something happening. Oh, it was just sure. a cool... It was just a cool... Circling back, I felt yes. when aziraphale just keeps getting questioned about didn't you have a sword? Where's the sword? What, right. about, what about that blaming sword you were issued? And right. it turns out it's one of these four gifts of the dark <laughs> yes. forces of the apocalypse.
0: Mm-hmm. Pepper steals the scene, in my opinion.
1: I love everything she says in the scene everything oh, yeah. I have two lines of hers I do not endorse everyday sexism
0: <laughs> fantastic I roared <laughs> and what and the, I believe in peace bitch awesome love that one too
1: but I, another I
0: like one. Oh, go ahead were you gonna go say no me? you go ahead you might have been going my direction go for okay. it my mom says war is just masculine imperialism
1: executed oh. on a global stage beautiful mm-hmm. i didn't write that one down the one oh, i have one down is another deluded victim of the patriarchy oh pepper yeah Pepper says it after anathema calls pulse boyfriend <laughs> yes
0: yes yeah pepper just had the lines loved it mm-hmm. loved it and the presence of mind to actually pick up the damn flaming
1: sword when war drops it you know if you want it done right give the job to a woman
0: <laughs> her mom is raising her right yes
1: yes <laughs> i i also liked death's line i am creation shadow yes i wrote that down as well how do you have cre- how do you have creation without destruction uh, i i just love those those counterpoints right that's almost a chicken and egg question
0: though what comes yes. first creation or destruction mm-hmm. and in my head of course because i have an answer to what comes first the chicken or the egg i would say create you have to have creation you can't have destruction without creation
1: mm-hmm. but i think you, you have to have, have something to without destroy. destruction yeah yeah and i would say that creation without destruction is like cancerous how so If something is allowed to just create without bound. Ah, yes. So that that just that balance piece. Yes.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Gabriel and Beazelbub arrive on the scene. Did you notice Beazelbub has a fly on her head? I did. Yes. I did. Yeah. I don't know if we ever got back to that. Did we ever talk about how... How Haster had a frog on his head and lie the one that started with an L, had a lizard on his head. Liger. Liger. Was yeah. it Liger? Haster it, and something like that. The one Whatever. that started with an yeah. L who yeah. got destroyed by the holy water. That at first I thought they were little baby hands on his head, but but later, and it was like depending upon where they were sometimes the animal was very clear and sometimes they didn't have the animal on their head mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it it really it really changed sometimes it kind of reminded me of golden compass like this animal what what did they call those animals in the golden compass i can't know nope, no. but they were connected did you ever read that nope oh okay well never mind <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, yes, we had our little fly head. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and I actually thought about doing that as a trivia question, but I figured that you would probably cut that one.
1: (laughs) I I Uh, was looking at those demons' heads very carefully throughout, (laughs) yes.
0: (laughs) Right, and so now we're close to the discussion about whether the Great War... Is the great plan, and how can they know it if the great plan is the ineffable plan?
1: (laughs) I said ineffable saves the day. It's like a who's on first conversation. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But what summed it up perfectly was when Gabriel said, God does not play games with the universe. And Crowley says, where have you been? (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, God says that at the beginning of the series, right? Mm Mm-hmm the poker in the dark without knowing the rules there was a whole spiel about it (laughs) this aziraphale really shown with this one yes i gotta give him full credit for this i i bag on him quite a bit for making crowley responsible for everything but he he stepped up he stepped up on this one
0: he definitely did and then beelzebub what a tattletale Telling yeah. Satan that his son has been bad <laughs> and just dis- mm-hmm. or disobedience, I guess, is the way. Mm-hmm. But you can really see the counterpoint in Beelzebub and Gabriel. They're both like so focused. You got to do the plan. You got to follow the plan, and so yes. know what to do when people go off script, so to speak.
1: Absolutely, and they, we see this teaming up these Mm -hmm. strange bedfellows right Mm -hmm. like we are united in purpose here Mm -hmm. to destroy each other yes but we can't have this battle taken away from us right so let's work together
0: right right and i thought adam was pretty savvy to pick up that they just want to do this have this war to see who's better i guess Mm -hmm. i don't have the exact words written down Mm -hmm. yeah and i also thought i I thought a little bit about gabriel's comments you can't just refuse to be who you are your birth your destiny they're part of the great plan which gets back to that kind of fate conversation we had in the last episode is
1: everything predetermined right Adam's real dad, Satan, is really <laughs> angry. <laughs>
0: I, If I had not read that Benedict Cumberbatch was doing that voice, I would have not been able to recognize it.
1: Yes, I was going to ask you if you had found that out somehow or recognized it. Did
0: you recognize his voice?
1: No, I knew it was him. I don't know why I knew it was him, but I knew it was him.
0: Yeah, I think it was just one of those times I was scrolling through credits or something and I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to, I was very closely looking at the CGI work on Satan trying to see if I could find any vestige of (laughs) batch in there, but I could not. (laughs) No, no.
1: I did like it though. I liked we actually got to see a rendering. Yeah. Of the big bad himself, yeah, and they saved
0: it for the end, right? We never yes see him at all until that very and it's so quick he's just like there, and then he's gone after Adam wills him to not be his dad <laughs> i I felt it was
1: a um let me see how do I want to say this i like I felt like Adam was. Really, a spokesperson for adoption here and oh. the nurture versus nature piece. Uh-huh, yeah. Now and that saying, I see. This, this is you, you haven't been around, dude. I have a dad. Right. And he's the one that's made me who I am. So back off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, huh,
0: I hadn't thought about it that way. I wonder if either Terry Pratchett or Eel Gaiman were adopted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then it again, uh, this was always the way it was going to be. He was always going to be adopted, but he was placed in the wrong family. Right. Right. Which I Uh, think is what screwed up the whole thing. Yeah. But it was perhaps it was all part of the ineffable plan. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly
0: it was part of the ineffable plan. Yep. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah which the ineffable plan might just be a little bit of cya on god's part <laughs> yes. yes i've always thought the whole god idea would make a lot more sense if he slash c she was not all powerful
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah But occasionally
1: it's like yeah that just didn't go so well <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah i very quickly was we were chatting there looked up and either terry pratchett or you know, gay men were adopted. <laughs> okay. Okay. But
1: maybe they have a connection. Mm, it could be, it could be. But okay. I think, it,
0: it, I mean, you don't even have to be adopted, right? For the nature to nurture thing to this come. This is true. So, this is true. This is true. That would be a whole another
1: social scientific debate. <laughs> <It is> certainly. <laughs> so, I have the next thing I have is the last prophecy. I tried to get the whole verbiage, when all is said and all is done, you must choose your faces wisely, for soon enough you will be playing with fire.
0: Yeah, I didn't write all of that down. I just wrote down the choose your faces wisely piece, and I was like, what the heck is that
1: supposed to mean? Which uh, we we will definitely revisit. (laughs) Yes, yes. And then I say, delivery truck, delivery guy is alive. I said, <laughs> Leslie has had quite a day indeed.
0: Leslie lives.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> Picking up all those artifacts and makes Xerophil uh, give up the flaming sword. hmm Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, very apropos, the new world begins... Uh, or
1: the world begins anew on a Sunday. On a Sunday. The fir- <laughs> the very first day of the rest of their lives. And Adam just fixed everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He did. Oh. And he still gets grounded. <laughs> he does. He does. Did you see all the William books did, I, the, it back in the library? I did. And I had never heard of them, had you? Did you have any thoughts on those? Well, I wrote
0: down all of the titles yes and it's all you know about this william character but i looked up richmond crompton the which was the
1: author listed on there okay
0: it's a real real author is are these books a real series a real series there's 38 books in total that were written between 1922 and 1970 and evidently i guess they're a really popular series over there now, I think they um, might be like more akin to, well, they're I don't think they're mysteries per se, but on the lines of like everybody in the United States knows about Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys kind of thing.
1: Were all of those titles real?
0: I don't know I if mean, all the titles were real, but possibly because they, they're all about this 11-year-old boy named William and he never ages yeah. even though the books are set in like the appropriate eras, So if like a book is published... In, you know, the 1940s, it's in the World War II era. If it's the 1950s, you know, it's in the era of rock and roll and things like
1: that. Oh. Okay. I did not know. I had a different theory about this, but I'm so glad you looked this up. I mean, I thought one of the titles was just like more William or something like that. Yeah, I yeah could, it was. Just like, and what I thought, because one of them had to do with a pirate or something, Remember when Adam told Anathema that he'd written a book and it had, I don't know, a pirate came, a dinosaur and a pirate came out of a spaceship or something. And so I thought that Adam put everything back as it was, but made his books a reality. (laughs) And that's why they hadn't been there before. But if it's a real series that loses some of it, and maybe they were just a favorite series. If if you're, yeah. if these are kind of a beloved British series, the way like Nancy Drew is. Right. Maybe Adam was just like, well, I see these are not in your bookshop, so I'm yeah. putting them there, which yeah. is another possibility.
0: No, these are real. These are all real titles. Wow, I'm so glad you looked that up. So I'm looking at the list of the 38 books right now. Even William and the Masked Ranger is one of the titles. It's one of the later huh. ones.
1: Oh my gosh, that's wild.
0: Yeah. William and the Space Animal. That's a real one. Huh. Very interesting.
1: Well, maybe I, I I should go back and actually know the exact details of what Adam said about his books that he'd written. Maybe they're trying to say that even though this guy really lived and wrote the book that they were actually Adam's books or I don't know. Oh, don't know. well that would have made sense. I'm not sure. I'd have to go a little deeper. I'd have to do a little more research. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, that's I've experience. never I can't believe I've never heard of that series though, so. I mean, I'm a real I I'm a really I'm a real anglophile when it comes to mm-hmm. the literature, but maybe this just isn't quite old enough. Yeah. Well, you know, in their children's books, so. Right, right. But but speaking of literature, Crawley's Car is okay, and I decided it was a real Lord Peter Whimsey vehicle. <laughs> have you read any of Lord Peter Wimsey? I have not. I'm trying. Uh, Dorothy L. Sayers is the author.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I I think I've, have I read any Dorothy L. Say- Actually, I just think I've read a lot of Cozy Mysteries that
1: reference. Mm-hmm sayers Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: but i don't think i've actually read
1: any of the stuff myself i highly recommend it if you have not if you've not read any dorothy l sayers and actually there's some great audiobooks that are available i i just think they are really fantastic oh cool and they're maybe not cozy but they're close okay yeah okay
0: okay well i was happy to finally find out why newton Named his card yes. Dick Turpin.
1: <laughs> yes. You had said you had done some research on Dick Turpin before. Right. And I can imagine what your research yielded, right. him being a famous highway man. Highway right. man right. right. But you didn't have the punchline. Exactly.
0: And as soon as I he explained it, I groaned. I mean, it's such a dad joke kind of thing. <laughs>
1: such
0: a dad joke. <laughs> but I don't know. Anathema had a weird little expression on her face as, you know, Newton got out of bed and she turned over and laid on her side. And I couldn't quite figure out what that expression on her face meant. Yeah, like, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) This guy's a real tool. (laughs) (laughs) At first, I thought that's what she was thinking. But then I went back and watched
1: it again and paused it. And she's got like a little smile on her face. Oh, so maybe, I mean, it it better be endearing for her because this is who this guy is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you were thinking about how Anathema's expression was connected to the plot and what was going on with Pulsifer. Uh I was thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, Anathema looks like Meghan Markle. (laughs) I don't know, something about just that particular scene or maybe the expression on her face. I thought she looked like Mick and Barkle. Oh, not throughout, just just then, just right in that shot. Okay. <laughs> so I missed the expression. But that brings us to the park scene with the brass band. And I just missed the brass band, but I'm so glad you did not miss it. Yeah, it's
0: it, they're not in it long. And I kind of laughed. I chuckled when I realized they actually were playing a Queen song.
1: That's so awesome. Once again, Queen for every occasion. <laughs> it it makes me think something like that, that you caught it at some point when I watch it again, hopefully sooner rather than later, might look and see if any of the other figures that are in the intro do have sort of subtle roles somehow in the in the show.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would imagine they're not just throwing random. I mean, there's so much specific stuff in there. Exactly. So but, much intention. Right. I can't believe there's anything in there that's
1: just random. Mm-hmm. hmm Oh, dear. There, it seems as if Aziraphale and Crowley are going to get their comeuppance here.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And I have to admit,
0: again, I, even though I know I've watched the series before i totally forgot the ending me too (laughs) so i was surprised i was like did they somehow like the one just becomes good and the other becomes bad Mm -hmm. but and this is i think i mentioned uh in the last episode when we were chatting there was something that didn't quite click right for me and it is in this scene When they have Aziraphale walk into that tower of fire. Yes. It doesn't make sense for me, right? Because the whole time they're depicting hell, it's that very cold industrial feel to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only time we get any fire is with the ring of fire on the Mm M25. So for me, that fell flat. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas the holy water, we had a lot of build up to that. Oh yeah. Yeah. We knew holy water's significance.
0: Yes. Yes. So yeah. I don't know, maybe the place where Beelzebub was was supposed to be like purgatory or something like that, but so not actual hell, but hell adjacent. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, it just didn't make sense. Didn't make well, sense. It, it interesting also the cooperation between upstairs and downstairs mm-hmm. to make these punishments happen. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, it was quite a picture Michael had. Yes. There was way more volume in that bathtub that got filled up than. <laughs> I was like, wow,
0: it's like a miracle picture.
1: <laughs> I, I, I've said to myself, we hardly knew you, little guy, and your toast. <laughs> the poor usher yes he did not deserve it he didn't what
0: did he ever do oh well we don't know maybe he deserved it he is in hell after all
1: well you know this is fair <laughs> um the little guy the hell's usher yeah he's also in shad shadwell 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 what's his name shadwell shadwell's i've got shadwell down here shadwell's book that he's looking at oh he is Mhm.
0: Ah, mm-hmm. oh, I did not catch that. Yeah. I and was happy that Shadwell and Madam
1: Tracy get yes. together. <laughs> not Lucy. Let me write it down again. <laughs> Tracy has really cleaned up. And she, she only has two dimples. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect Shadwell. Now you can go for it. Yes, yeah.
0: I did like I thought the camera work in that scene was really nice when they're making the transition from his apartment to hers oh, and it's all kind of overhead i like that shot nice i think they do that with that brass band as well in the park it kind of comes over head if i'm remembering
1: correctly mm, okay but anyways I'm moving on to pulsifer getting a delivery
0: yeah yeah further nice and accurate prophecies of agnes nutter concerning the world that is to come Ye Saga continues, which I thought was
1: really funny. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And here we have yet another line that was tasked with something. In this case, the line of solicitors slash lawyers. Okay. Because this Roby or whatever, Mm -hmm. going all the way back to Nutter's family back in the town. Right. But I I tried to look more closely at the card that is given by, is it Giles Batacombe, who's the actual delivery person? I got the baticomb thing down, but I didn't get the first name. Anyway, I think the, the card that he shows has an R and a B on scales, and he mentions By Chance and Roby. And so I think that maybe By Chance and Roby are the B and the R ah anyway we get the box we get the box yeah. <laughs> and giles gets some tough no- news about adultery which again kind of goes back to the i <laughs> shall not commit adultery exactly <laughs> exactly adultery is coming to town yes yep <laughs> and then yes you had said ye saga continues saga continues such is life but
0: yeah, I noticed this is totally random and related to nothing that we were just talking about. But at one point, when they showed John Ham, you know, as Gabriel, mm-hmm. like, wow, it looks like my cousin Steve. Oh, <laughs> it's just the way he was kind of holding his head and everything. I was like, whoa, Steve. <laughs> but wow. but yeah, so I was shocked when neither of them were destroyed. Shocked and not shocked, right? Because. Yes. Of course, we already know season two is coming, but I was like, how did they? And that's when I was like, wow, how did one become good? How did Kylie become good? And how did Zarephal become
1: bad so that they weren't destroyed? It was clever. Nutter strikes again with another mm. prophecy. Yes. I did like the
0: fact that Anathema burned the new prophecies and she's
1: now moving forward without knowing what's coming down the pike i was torn i was torn because i've so enjoyed nutters additions (laughs) i i guess i kind of wanted them locked away instead of being burned up but yeah i i i get your point with she really moves ahead
0: yeah because now there's she has choices because she's just not beholden to these family legacies
1: yes yes breaking the mold breaking the cycle yeah yeah i don't think this was said but in the first episode it was said begins and ends in a garden and we have adam stealing an apple (laughs) yes so i thought that was very clever yes yes and yeah. so when we we get the reveal that Aziraphale and Crowley are switched faces, right? Yes. Yeah, I think, and I need to go back. But when directionality is important, I think that when they're seated, Aziraphale is always on the right side, and. Crowley is on the left and so that was swapped around when they were hiding in each other's images hmm. and then it rectified itself when they so I need I, I would need to go back and if they're sitting across from each other that it doesn't matter but if they're sitting on a bench uh-huh. or whatever huh so I thought that that might be some symbolism for their two sides and that right. they consistently were on Oh. Huh different sides so
0: i hadn't thought about that i did when crowley said you know the big battle will be humanity against heaven and hell i was like wow is 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 that the big easter egg for season two right or maybe they i mean like i said earlier when this came out i had heard or read that it was just going to be a one season thing um but maybe they had been talking about a season two
1: i don't know or or at least leaving the possibility open. Leaving the possibility open, yes. <laughs> loved, loved, temptation accomplished.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and, this series was so good.
1: So good. And Aziraphale is using his powers again, this time to get a lunch reservation at the Ritz.
0: <laughs> I wonder if that was really the Ritz, or
1: if it was just a, a stage recreation of the Ritz. Well. Did you take note, if if I have any sort of trivia question, this is it. Did you take note of the song? The title, what is the title of the song played at the end there? Oh. Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't write it down. So it is a real song. A nightingale sang in Berkeley Square. Well, they even talk about it as the song. And... It does have the line the angels having lunch while the nightingale sang outside. Oh, you can you can uh. look up the lyrics and that it, it is exactly them having the angels having lunch it may even be lunch at the Ritz. Huh. I did I didn't write down the lyrics but it's exactly from that song a nightingale sang in Berkeley Square. Wow. Cuz I was like what's the what what do you mean there's a nightingale sing? what does that matter? Wow.
0: Clever. Clever.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so great series. ending.
0: Great ending. Great ending. Just brilliant. Agreed. Smart, clever, which is basically the same, the same thing, but I loved it.
1: Agreed. And could we announce we're going to be doing season two? We are. Yay. Yay. <laughs> it, yes, for which I'm very excited to start even though you know it w- it
0: was going to be it was a pie in the sky thought that we would even be able to record season 1 in a week in time to get it published before right. season 2 well, this is lack of planning well not even lack of planning but cuz we hadn't really talked about doing good omens at all but spur of the moment stuff clearly not going to work well with
1: podcasting you know we we live and we learn very very true, very <laughs> and hopefully true. we have a wonderful time along the way which yes. is what I am having
0: yeah it's all about having some fun but yeah. I'm now so excited I can watch season two yippee maybe I should cancel my office hours no no Tori don't think that way
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note I better just say bye thanks for listening everybody
0: Wallowing in the Shallows is created and produced by the both of us. Edited by Mo. Wallowing in the Shallows Good Omen Season 1 rewatch soundtrack is Waltz No. 2 from the Jazz Suite No. 2 by Dmitri Shostakovich on archive.org. You can send us feedback at WitsTVPod at gmail.com. That's w-i-t-s-t-v-p-o-d at gmail.com. Subscribe, then subscribe, then subscribe, subscribe, hit that subscribe button, like, and subscribe.